Welcome, CMO Convo listeners. It's time for a bit of reflection. 2023, eh? What a chaotic year it's been for marketing, right? So many upheavals, so much new tech. We're sure you're glad to put it behind you. Wait, what do you mean we're only halfway through? Jeepers, we'd best take another look at where we're at. So much has happened this year already. We're taking stock of some of the biggest themes that have been impacting the marketing industry with fractional CMO, Rochelle Hariri, and what the future might hold through the rest of the year. From AI to tightening our marketing budget belts, there's plenty to cover, and Rochelle has insights you need to hear. You've probably seen the news about how short the average tenure is for CMOs. Make sure you don't just survive, but thrive with the Alliance's C-Suite Masterclass. Whether you're looking to climb the ladder or currently an experienced marketing leader, you'll find everything you need to navigate the modern C-Suite. Across four months, you'll learn from experienced executives from leading brands like Trustpilot, Slack, Samsung, and more on how to drive results, inspire teams, and secure your place at the table. Don't be another statistic about the tenure of CMOs. Instead, join the ranks of the world's greatest business leaders. Check the link in the show notes for more information. Hi, Rochelle. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. And I'm I'm excited to have you here because it's going to be a fun conversation to be had because we're doing a sort of year so far review kind of thing and there's been a lot happening in the world of marketing and cmos to cover and there's a lot <laughs> a coming. Few things. <laughs> a few things yeah and there's a lot coming in the year as well so yeah very very excited to have this conversation but before we do get into that rochelle could you introduce yourself to the audience a little bit tell us a bit about your background and why it's important to have this conversation right now Absolutely. So I've spent the last 13, 14 years in the digital marketing space. I've worked in nonprofit. I've worked in banking. I've worked in food and beverage at McDonald's. I've worked in tech at Shopify. And for the last two years, I've been working as a fractional marketing lead or fractional marketing CMO for tech companies and D2C brands. And throughout my my journey in marketing, we have seen so many changes, so many trends, so many, like I was there at the birth of social media when social became a very interesting marketing tool. And I saw the impacts of the brands and the companies that were the early adopters versus those that were trailing behind. And I think, especially now in marketing in 2023, there's so much going on. There's so much excitement around AI and these generative tools that are going to help us as marketers. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation because I think now is the time where as a marketer, if you're not getting comfortable with these new tools and technologies, you will be left behind. That's, that was very dramatic, but I, I do believe that. It's dramatic, but like dramatic things are happening in the marketing landscape right now because yeah. of those tools. And you, yeah. you have set us up nicely for the first topic, which is going to be talking about AI. We've we've had about, I'd say about seven months at time of recording of like generative AI being sort of in the marketing mainstream. ChatGBT launched in November 2022, I think it was, or at least it was made publicly available on beta at that stage. Yeah. What have been the biggest impacts you've seen of that kind of stuff happening? Like what kind of conversations have you seen and how how much of it is scaremongering? Do you think there is a lot of like concern around AI? So let, let's let's okay. start with like talking about, yeah, has it had the big the big impact that we were all expecting it to have on the marketing landscape? Do you think? Rashid? I think if we if we're to look at the timeline, it's we're still very early stages. So I mean, I think as marketers, we like to feel very confident in what we're doing and say that we're doing experimenting and we're using AI to 
produce top quality content and we're saving time and there's efficiency that comes along with this, but we're just scratching the surface of how we can use these tools to benefit our function and our work within different organizations. And so currently what I'm seeing is there's a lot of focus on efficiency of time and speed. So using AI as a marketer, and, and by the way, like AI is not gonna replace any human brains. It's just not as sophisticated right now. And there's a lot of errors with it. So you require that, that human to be able to sort through the information or the data and, and make sure things are validated. But as marketers, it's been a great opportunity to use these tools to effectively manage our time. If you are a head of a marketing department, if you are a content marketer, if you're um, uh, a marketer that's focused on data and analytics, you know how much of your day is split working on different projects, trying to get working from strategy to execution and implementation. And so these AI tools, if you're using them in a way that enables you as a human to get more work done and more productivity, it's a great benefit for all of us. It saves time. If you're a marketing leader right now is a great opportunity to reset and look at all the tools that you're providing for your team because it'll save time. And there's less time spent on, like I'd say the more repetitive functional things that we do as marketers. Uh, let's take some of that work that maybe is taking up a couple of hours in a week that's really unnecessary and give that to the AI and focus more on, on strategy, customer insights, like generating campaigns and, and moving the business forward versus some of that work that we spent previously, just spending hours trying to research and collect information and data. Let's just take the data, put it in the AI, and then sort through that and, and that'll save you hours of time. And so that's one of the biggest areas that I'm seeing there's improvement for marketers is don't fear this, right? It's gonna help you save time. It's gonna help you work faster and be more efficient. Think of it as an additional tool that you have versus something that you're competing against. Definitely, definitely. I, I think from my own personal experience, I entirely agree. Like the efficiencies are amazing. As a content marketer, I often have to spend a lot of time going through lots of different articles to pull out quotes, pull out stats and stuff. And just being able to, well, with Bard, you can literally just put those URLs into it and ask it to pull out the uh, the information you want, which is incredible and such a time saver. The only other thing, the only thing with the efficiencies that worries me is the impact it might have on the marketing industry in the long term, um, particularly in terms of maybe like the barrier to entry into the, into the industry now. Like I know when I first started out as a copywriter, one of my main jobs was to sit down and write loads and loads of tweets. Like that was just my job all day, just coming up with social media right. tweets. And now you can just get ChatGPT to do that. So how are juniors going to get into the industry? How are CMOs going to be able to ensure that we're still getting good quality talent coming mm -hmm. into the industry? Even if AI is not going to replace humans, mm -hmm. surely it means there's going to be less humans required if everything's a lot more efficient. Well, I think that you you make a very interesting point of how do you then, from a recruiting standpoint, ensure that you're bringing in quality candidates when there is so much AI that will be supporting them in the workplace? And I think there's a few ways that we're going to see an evolution in the function of marketing and how marketers um, function. And I, I one one way that I'm thinking about that is it's not necessarily that AI is going to take over these junior roles, but I think these junior your roles are going to change. Um, if you look back to it, for example, in 2011, 
social media was just becoming uh, a big tool that marketers were using. Paid wasn't even a big thing. Like Facebook hadn't started charging yet for advertising. Meta wasn't even what it is right now. But at that time, you you required someone to sit there and write and to think creatively about the tweets, to do research on the customers and what they want to hear about, to be able to analyze what's working and what's not and experiment and, and build community. So I think as, as a junior marketer starting in the marketing field, a lot of that is still there. You still need to understand your customer. You still need to understand how to build a community. You still need to understand the value of your brand and how it's perceived among different audiences. So a lot of these strategic um, inputs that you need to have, they're still there, but I think it's more just a shifting of how we work. So instead of you as the, as a junior marketer saying, I'm going to sit here and write these tweets, you're going to say, okay, I now understand who my customers are, how I want to speak to them, which products we're pushing, where I want to get them in the funnel, what other types of, you know, marketing assets I need to generate. And then I'm going to go to my list of tools of AI tools and start to create that content, then I'm going to edit that content, I'm going to revise it, I'm going to make sure it's great, and that it's ready for presentation. So I think it's, those roles will still exist, but how they behave and what they're responsible for will shift and change. And I actually think it's really, it's really great for these junior marketers that are starting that have access to these tools. I remember when I was in, in 2010, same as you, like working in social media, doing marketing, doing all sorts of things and, and having to spend hours copywriting and, and building and understanding our audience. And if I had these tools, man, I would have like, there been so much more campaigns that have would have launched at a faster velocity. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I suppose as well, um, it's going to change sort of team structures as well, the types of roles that we have in it. Do you think every department is going to need like a specific AI specialist moving forward, or is it going to be more about ensuring that every single person within a team has sort of capabilities to work with AI tools? Yeah, I, I would say, in my opinion, it should be across the board. AI is not something that's meant to be held within only a specific function or a specific group. It's, it's democratized. It's for everyone to be able to use and implement and to experiment with. I do think it's an interesting point you brought up about maybe having like a particular person who's more deeply versed in AI. And I think that might be something interesting on, on more of like the, the data side. Like we have data scientists. Um, it's hard to find exceptional data scientists and hire them. It's, it's really difficult on, in the recruiting world. And so potentially that could be an opportunity in the future for marketers that are more AI driven and can go deep into the data through the use of AI. But again, that doesn't take away from other marketers being able to access the AI in their day-to-day -day work. So we're, in terms of the, the teams where we're at right now, have you noticed any changes in sort of hiring practices or the types of job roles that are, are out there that marketing teams are looking for at the moment? I think right now we're seeing marketers and leaders and, and, and founders of companies trying to understand how to, to manage the AI. I think there's still um, sentiment among some individuals that they feel that sometimes maybe the AI, using AI is a bit cheating. <laughs> and so I think that there, there needs to be more of a comfort and understanding. So we're still in the early stages. I still think it's, it's quite beneficial for, for marketers, for founders, and for companies to understand where AI sits within their organization where it is within the culture of their company and how they expect their employees to use AI. Um, I think, you know, back in our old school way of doing marketing and content, 
it was your role to, to write and you had to write it yourself and you had to edit it and you had to work with the team. And so now it's, it's like, how do we continue to build that trust of these employees using AI? It's, it's kind of like, if you think back 10 years ago, before we had all this remote working, where people, it was an old school mentality of the butts need to be in the seats because that's what we're paying these people for. But that's not necessarily it. You're paying them for the output for their production um, and the amount of effort that they're producing for your company. And I think that's the same with AI. It's just a tool that's going to help us evolve and get the right people into the company and maintain them. Um, I also think that, you know, still talking about recruitment and company culture, the companies that have a difficult time embracing AI are going to lose a lot of really great marketers because these marketers are intellectuals that understand the impact of AI on their work. And so if you don't get it, now's the time to explore, learn more about the benefits of AI and how you can, as a marketing leader, as a CMO, enable your team to use these tools effectively um, with the right guardrails in place to ensure that you know everything is, is checked by a human, everything is reviewed and ready for output and production. Definitely, definitely. My only other big concern around the efficiencies that come with AI, that it just means that we're going to have more and more, marketers are going to have more and more tasks to do rather than freeing up space to have room to be more creative. I mean, one of the, one of the first things I did as a marketer was actually write a dissertation on creativity cultures and how to develop a creative culture. And a big part of that was giving people the space and freedom to actually develop ideas. And that's what I hope happens with AI, that it frees us up from all these busy work or these tasks that take a lot of time, but aren't necessarily high value to actually think of creative mm -hmm. strategies and how to drive them forwards. I suppose it's up to marketing leadership then to recognize that AI should be a way to give you more time to produce higher quality work rather than just pumping out lots and lots of low quality things to try and hit quotas and hit KPIs. Yeah, I think that's that's a really excellent point. When it comes to the content side of things, I mean, we've seen, I think it was ClickUp um, for a year, they used AI and they were doing a lot of experimenting. They drove 80% traffic through generating AI content. Mm -hmm. And I think that in, in those cases, it makes sense because you have a very clear and specific objective, which is maintain authority through search engines, continue to produce content, but that doesn't take away from the fact that the quality needs to be good. The content needs to be vetted. Um, although you may have a higher quota than before because your output can significantly improve, it there, there still needs to be, and this goes back to my earlier point, of those guardrails for excellent and exceptional work. Um, we can't just become lazy marketers and assume that these tools and these bots are going to take over and we just kind of have to <laughs> like air traffic control them. Like there's, there's still a lot of strategy. And um, for the teams that I work with, I ensure that every user is still doing their job, still focused on pushing forward while they're using these tools to make their life a little, a little bit easier. So I, I totally hear what you're saying in, in that sense, but I think as, as marketing leaders, you need to set the tone for your team. And I think this is why this conversation we're having right now is so important because leaders, you need to have a POV. You can't expect your team to have that AI POV for you. You need to do the research. You need to understand the benefits. You need to understand the potential downfalls, um, the case studies of when things have gone wrong with AI. For example, most recently, there was a lawyer that was using AI for a case and everything that the AI tool pulled up was actually fabricated. And so 
you need to be careful with that. There's a, there's a whole legal component to what marketing puts out into the world and is advertising. Um, and so that's also another consideration for marketing leaders is what is your stance on AI? Um, how does this impact uh, content that you're pushing out? What are the legal implications if something goes wrong? How do you ensure that you put in the right guardrails for your team? And then what's the process of successfully integrating AI into the flow of how your team is working for each individual role. Um, I think sometimes when we're thinking about AI as marketers, it's, it's very much like this umbrella AI of everything goes to AI, but you need to think about each individual person on your team and how AI can enable them to do better work. Um, and that's that's the, the role of the leader. You have to be thinking about your team, looking out for your team. Um, and so we can't just it can't just be like, yeah, we're going to use AI and, you know, good luck, team. Let me know how it goes. At the end of the day, the buck stops with you as the marketing leader and you need to ensure it's implemented correctly. I really like the idea of thinking on like an individual basis within the team. Obviously, that's going to be tricky for CMOs and marketing leaders who have massive thousand strong teams, but hopefully yeah. they'll have people to delegate to for this. They won't be responsible for everyone. But yeah, I think I think it really frames the idea that AI is a tool for marketers. It's not a replacement. It's not a new team member who's going to be doing your job for you kind of thing. It's a, it's a tool on an individual basis and how you utilize it is all about maximizing your personal effectiveness. It's not replacing your function. It's not replacing yeah. your capabilities. Absolutely. It's, it's really, in essence, it's a jumping off point. Mm -hmm. It's it's something to save you time. Also, if you're um, a solo um, entrepreneur and you work by yourself, you don't have someone to brainstorm with. You don't have someone to toss ideas back and forth. That's where the AI tool is someone who works independently as an independent, independent contributor comes into play because you can use the AI and start like having someone essentially to speak to and bounce back ideas, but it's, it's just a jumping off point. It won't replace anyone in particular's role. It'll just shift the way things work. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I've used it for like idea generation, question generation, that kind of thing, but there are times when it'll generate the questions and the ideas for me. And I was like, Oh no, they're all rubbish. I've got better ideas. And, but it was like a confirmation for me that I had, good ideas already so yeah it was this sort of sounding board to work off so yeah it's a really good perspective to have we've spent a, quite a bit of time talking about sort of internal processes with ai let's talk about how ai is impacting sort of the marketing landscape i know we're still in very early days and we're not going to be really see the effects of it particularly on something like search but ai is coming for search it's going to change things where do you see things going how is that going to affect how we approach content site uh, site structure, that kind of thing. Like it's going to have a huge yeah. wide ranging effect if the way that we've done search is. Just yeah, I think with, with search right now, using these AI tools and applications is great for, you know, like some of, some of the, the detailed descriptions of, of your blog or the meta tags and things like that, where you can easily pass that off and say, Hey, this is, this is what I need based on this content that I've produced, help me to build this up. But I think, um, even Google and, and different search engines, they are probably ahead of all of us, right? Like they've been using AI far before any, any of us have. And so what we need to be aware of is um, ensuring that you're using AI detectors as you're creating this content when you're trying to build up your, your search, because there's that natural language component and AI often struggles with that. Sure, it's getting smarter as we continue to use it and there's gonna be evolvements and advancements. I can't say in a year and a half, two years from now, what things will look like, 
but you, you as the, the human that's managing and navigating through all of this need to ensure that you're up to date on how Google is evolving their search practices, how they're evolving their rankings. Um, the worst thing you can do as, uh, let's say like a B2B company right now is just to say, we're gonna produce 50 pieces of organic content every month, just throw it in an AI tool and then just post it onto your website because that could significantly destroy the ranking that you've built and any authority that you've built. And so ensuring that it's going through the detectors, that you have humans that are reviewing the content, all of this is, is really important as a marketer in this field right now. So I think there's there's a lot that we can see in, in the space of search, and there's still a lot more to come. And, and like I said, as we, the users, are generating and actively using these tools, so are the big platforms and search engines. So we're all kind of growing and evolving together. And the point is to ensure that you're keeping on top of these changes so that nothing detrimental happens for all the work that you've done. Because that, that would be the worst, right? Spending hours and hours producing this content and what you've essentially done is just destroy your rank authority because all you did was plug and play with AI instead of produce content that's effective for the end user. Definitely, definitely. I mean, if, you, if the content on your website is produced by an AI, then an AI search will just produce that for the person rather than directing you to that website. Like they don't yeah. need to go to your website. If all that stuff that's on your website can be, can be just be created by AI, then AI can create it elsewhere. You need to make sure it's unique and specific to your audience. And I think one of the things that we're focusing a lot with our content is sort of those, those personal stories, those personal experiences. I think they're going to be the hardest things to replicate in AI. Um, and I think that's going to be, an exciting time for marketing and storytelling as a whole, um, being able to tell those personal stories more effectively, more in more interesting ways. I think that's going to be the challenge for marketers and it's going to be a fun challenge to reach. Cause I think at the end of the day, a lot of marketers, they got into the business to tell stories and tell stories in interesting ways. Yeah. And I think for a, a while, it seemed like it was just all shifting towards everything needs to be heavily, heavily SEO driven. It's all got to be optimized towards keywords. Um, it's all got to be performance driven for any other kind of marketing. Whereas with AI, it's going to change the scape. It's going to change the, the barrier to entry in order to get your message in front of people. So you need to be more creative with it. And that's where the human brain comes in. Like an AI can't come up with interesting things to do with the, the data it cops out. You have to do that for it. Absolutely. And AI doesn't create your your brand ai is not going to create your community and those are functions that are outside of ai that you use in marketing especially in the b2b space and d2c spaces your brand and what you're producing is everything and so creating these ambassadors for your your product and for your business and and building a community and even like if you look a little bit outside of the realm of marketing into the partnership space and co-marketing all of these these things it's you need to have this human intelligence and these teams to build relationships ai can't build these relationships for you and so as marketers i think we're going to see um like more effort put placed into building these relationships and community which we've been seeing like community has not gone anywhere it's just a concept that people are more interested in listening to now than they were 10 years ago. There's more case studies of how communities have helped businesses develop and generate sales. Um, and so, you know, AI can't do that for us, which is great because that means if you're in the community space, you can look for ways to implement 
AI and in other ways that'll help you more effectively do your work. Um, but it's, it's a relationship game. And I think with marketing, a lot of what we do is understanding the psychology and consumer behaviors. Why do people make decisions they make? At what point do they get to consideration? And how do you get them to close the sale and make a purchase? And so that's not going anywhere right now. <laughs> I can't predict where these AI tools will be 10 years from now. Maybe they'll be super smart. Um, but for the time being, that's our role. Uh, and that won't change. Definitely, definitely. And that, that is the thing with having these conversations about AI, things can change um, surprisingly rapidly. If you'd asked me a year ago, would people be having serious conversations about AI generating all the written content on the website? I would have laughed in your face. But now look where we are. Like um, People are having those, those kinds of conversations, rightly or wrongly, as we've already discussed, um, probably wrongly. But yeah, things are going to change rapidly. And we've just got to be along for the ride, I suppose. And Better to be along for the ride than getting run over by it, I suppose. Absolutely. And, and one other thing that I realized, we've been talking so much about the content side is there's so many AI tools that will do mm. editing for you. So for example, podcast editing tools where you can ask it for specific edits and cuts of the content that you're producing. And that in itself will save you hours. Um, a lot of startups and teams that do this work themselves in-house and, and haven't hired external support can now use these tools to more effectively get their jobs done. So instead of, you know, let's say you sitting here trying to edit this uh, podcast of us, you just sort of drop it into your AI tool and there's still some intervention that's going to be required, but it saves you so much time. And even for example, um, AI with content creation and what Adobe is doing with Photoshop, it's, it's fascinating and it's saving time and it's enabling us as marketers to do more creatively um, without necessarily having to be the expert Photoshop master. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting. We're, we're seeing some shifts. It's enabling us to be more creative in some ways, strategic in some ways, opening up areas for us to think and brainstorm and innovate. Um, but it's, it's a fascinating time right now. And we're only going to see more and more improvements in the next year. So for anyone that's listening right now, that's, that has been on the fence, hopefully so far in this conversation, as you're hearing this, you're like, yes, I'm excited about AI. I'm going to go after this podcast and think about how I'm going to use AI to support my team and my business. For sure. For sure. So AI, as we said, let's park that because we could yes. spend all day talking about that and oh, yeah. the, the potentials that could happen. Let, let's talk about another big topic of conversation that I've seen amongst marketing leaders. And that's the idea of doing more with less and putting that in quote marks. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of marketers have heard those terms lately. And just the idea that we've had to make things a lot more efficient. We've already touched on efficiency with AI, but the idea that we shouldn't just be purely chasing growth. Everything's got to be about marketing driving revenue and doing that in a tight efficient way but that seems such a broad term and a broad idea that we keep getting told what do you think has been the actual meaning behind doing more with less in the last six months for channel there's been a lot of um, economic factors for this right i mean traditionally i've worked at all sorts of organizations and um there's there's always been this pressure on marketing to to support with sales and of course that makes sense it's a big part of the marketing function we're, we're driving marketing that's what we're doing um but i think 
when we take a step back and we, we look at how things were before versus where they are today, you know, in, in the limelight during, uh, this is terrible to say, but during COVID when e-commerce sales were skyrocketing and they, like just, it was crazy how much consumers were spending money and lots of deals were, were being made. There was a lot of venture capital funding. The economy felt like it was in a different place than it is today. Um, but asking marketers to do more with less to me is not a new concept. It's something that throughout my career, all 14 years of working at different corporations, it has always been fundamentally there where uh, marketing budgets get cut. Marketing's told, hey, you're not getting that headcount. You guys are just gonna have to figure it out with what you have. Um, and I think that's a part of the creativity of being in marketing is knowing that your budget is potentially limited. You're not gonna have you know, $50 million to go spend and, and make money. That's just not how it works. I think now we're just hearing it more because we're seeing it happening across the board in a lot of different functions within companies. So I wouldn't say that exclusive to marketing, I think across the board, whether it's in engineering, whether it's in marketing, whether it's in sales, everyone is being asked to do more with less. And that's just the challenge in the times that we're at and the economy and, and where we are. And I think as marketing and marketing leaders, um, it's important then to look around and say, okay, with, with the staff that I have, with the projected um, sales that we're gonna have, with the goals that we have, you know, we're in H2, so, what are we doing for the rest of the year? And then really being precise with how your team is going to navigate through these waters. I mean, it's very different if someone's listening to this and they work at a startup who's still trying to find product market fit versus a more established company that is, you know, a global organization like a McDonald's or KFC or something like that. So as uh, the marketing leader, it's, it's up to you to look at what your management team is asking you for, what you're putting in your strategy and vision for the rest of the year, and then how to chip away at that. And I know that this is like the worst expression and probably so frustrating for marketers, but diamonds are created through pressure. And so as, as marketing, the best thing you can do as a marketing leader is bring your team together and say like, this is the real deal of what's going on. This is the current situation. This is how we as a team are going to tackle it. This is how we're going to be creative, how we're going to save time. The last thing you want as a marketing leader is, you know, just because leadership is telling you you have to do more with less that you then just throw that pressure onto your team. We see a lot of burnout in the marketing space, particularly in tech. And I think it's important to realize that you're working with people, how to make these people feel invigorated in their roles, how to make them feel that they can do more with less. And, you know, this goes back to AI that we keep talking about, but um, there's a lot of tools that can support your team uh, and help you drive forward. So at the end of the day, you know, TLDR is everyone's trying to do more with less. It's not a new concept, but it's uh, your role as, as a, the head of marketing to be creative with how you navigate these waters, because um, there will be a time where budgets will increase again. But if you can effectively manage a team right now, <laughs> fingers crossed, <laughs> you can effectively manage right now your life will be even easier at a future state. But this, these are the challenges, right? I mean, we even see during recessions, the most incredible companies and ideas forming and innovative ideas. And, and why? It's because they come out of a very tough situation. Um, and so that, that's my advice to marketers. Definitely, definitely. It's great advice um, for sure. My concern with this kind of discourse, though, is it's kind of pushing people to play it safe rather than 
be creative with the marketing rather than trying to do more creative work with less they're thinking how can we do more safe stuff as much as possible how can we just stick to the kind of like performance driven lead generation campaigns that we've done previously that aren't necessarily performing as well as they used to be particularly in comparison to during the pandemic where a lot of people more online and a lot more people were available for sort of ppc ppc campaigns and stuff like that that kind of performance just isn't reflected these days in comparison to that so how do we find the line between yeah ensuring that we're doing the right thing for the business goals but also doing the right thing for basically our state of mind as marketers and as creatives as well like how can we ensure that the industry sort of survives these times and comes out more creative and stronger and inspired to do more yeah i think for me creativity um can manifest itself in many different ways and i think um as a marketer going into the insights and the data and going back to the consumer and seeing what works what doesn't work that's where you can then build creativity with with what you have and so i think like you were saying some people are just like let's just go do the same thing that we've always done and it may not be working as well but it's still getting us by um I think those marketers are tired. <laughs> They're tired. But for, for everybody else, um, it's, a, it's about going back to the data and your core. Why are we marketers? Because we understand what's happening in society. We understand human behavior and, and nature. We understand the demographics of our target audience and segment that we're going after. And I think oftentimes we get you know, the waters get muddied because there's all sorts of things coming at you as a marketer and you have to hit these goals and there isn't enough money and how are you going to resource and how are you going to staff, but you also still need to deliver. And marketers need to provide themselves and their teams with the space to strategize and to think. And that's where creativity comes from. If you're constantly go, 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 launching campaign, launching campaign, overlapping on top of each other, there's never a chance to take a pause and say, what worked? What didn't work? What are some elements that we can change and tweak? How do we A-B test better? How do we evolve our creative? So there needs to be space for that. And I think in, in marketing traditionally, because we're so fast paced, there isn't always the time to do these postmortems and to sit and talk. Um, so in my opinion, the creativity is still there. You need to make space for it and you need to go back to the foundations of what you're doing, why you're doing it, look at the data, and that to me is where creativity comes from. Um, I don't think that we should be, especially at this time, trying to be creative for the sake of, of generating buzz or trying to do something that, that might get us a lot of attention. It's like, let's actually look at, at the data, like what's working, what's not, and co create content and create ideas from that that are coming from a sound place. It doesn't mean that you can't be risky, but especially in this climate, um, when you're going to have to go to the CEO and explain what you're doing and why you did it, it can't just be like, yeah, we thought this was a cool idea. So we, we tested it. It's, it's got to have legs. And, and that's my advice to marketers is don't let these times crush your creativity. Find ways to support your creativity that are more grounded in what the business is, is looking for at this time. Definitely, definitely. So Hopefully there will be a dawn in the future when marketing budgets grow once again and we can start doing... It'll be a glorious time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the champagne will be popping. It'll be like Mad Men style back on like <laughs> Madison Avenue and stuff again. But 
we'll see how we go until then um yeah, yeah uh, we don't have an end point in place really for this current circumstance we're in like it's not like the pandemic where we could say oh once we're through the pandemic then we can just go back to normal kind of thing like the current economic circumstances for a lot of regions Absolutely. are likely to happen for a long time so we're just gonna have to navigate those waters as best we can and as marketers we've been there we've done that before we can get through it as an industry hopefully absolutely wouldn't be the first time <laughs> definitely not definitely not um so those are like the, the two big stories that i want to focus on today rochelle was there anything that you wanted to pick up on today is there anything that you've seen that you think is worth discussing in terms of what's happened in the last six months or anything that's coming up in the future in 2023 i think for the rest of 2023 what i would urge marketers to continue to do is um never assume that you're done building on the foundations of your work um at, at some point, it may feel like we've already revisited what we've been doing with our clientele. We've already looked through the segmentation. We already understand who's buying our product. But since we've seen such a change in the economic climate and every day there's different news that's coming out that's impacting decisions that consumers are making. Uh, and this is the same for B2B as well as B2C, right? Like you're still talking to a human at the end of the day who makes decisions on whether a purchase is gonna happen. And so my urge to marketers would be to continue to go back to the basics, to continue to refine your segmentation and your audiences and, and your target. Um, and you may have realized that during this time, some of these personas that you might still actively be trying to build campaigns for have completely changed. People change. We don't just stay in a box. Um, and so let's say if you had four, four persona groups that you were actively segmenting in the past and creating content for, these may have evolved and they may have changed. Um, and so that's just one tip I have is go back to the basics, take a quick look. It doesn't have to be a whole process that you spend two, three months on. Like very quickly as a senior marketer, you should be able to look at the data, look at the insights and be able to make effective changes that from a foundation level will change the way the structure of your marketing campaigns and external production is evolved. Um, so that's just a quick tip for the rest of the year. It's great advice for the rest of the year. And I think great advice in terms of how to approach marketing beyond 2023. It's always good going back to those basics and refreshing mm -hmm. your knowledge and refreshing the information you have about your customer. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. can't do marketing without customers and we can't be marketers without knowledge about our customers. Absolutely. So, Rochelle, thank you very much for this conversation. 2023, as I said, it's been a dramatic year so far. <laughs> Let's hope it's slightly less dramatic throughout the rest of the year. Um, I hope so too. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to have um, not, not necessarily a boring rest of 2023, but just like a, oh, that was a nice rest of the year rather than like, oh my God, what just happened to us? But we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think there's, there's a time to create that piece. But again, this goes back to, in my opinion, the marketing leaders you have to set the tone for your team so let's let's be the ones that sets the tone for the rest of the year that makes it a good environment for marketers to work in to thrive in and to be creative that's a great cta to end on classic marketing right there well done <laughs> michelle um, thank you very much for joining us today rochelle i've really enjoyed this conversation uh, as i said very very interesting stuff to talk about this year um, and uh, thank you very much for joining us rochelle i've really enjoyed it i appreciate it thank you so much for having me on well, I'm, I'm sure our audience appreciates you, be, you joining us as well. As I said, lots of very interesting stuff to discuss. Um, I'd like to thank our audience for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon with some more CMO combos. Like what you heard from this CMO combo? Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.